are listening to Loud on the Set with Kyle and James. A level-headed movie critic meets a loud-mouthed movie cynic. And action! All right, welcome back to the show. My name is Kyle. This is James. And today we have just a fantastic topic. This is going to be very informative and too much fun. And James, what is that topic? Crybabies. Crybabies. Movies that made us cry. I can't believe I'm doing this. (laughs) You know, we we talked about you want to get to know us. (laughs) You want true insight into Kyle and James. Oh, boy. I had to wine and dine this guy, handcuff him to the chair to get him to go along with this. Break out the Kleenex. It's crybaby time. You guys want (laughs) confessions? You want to know what movies made us cry? Here we go. Here it goes. Okay. So before we start, I think... And I, I'm gonna. I won't speak for you, but I think it's perfectly acceptable for anyone to cry in a movie. I think it's perfectly acceptable. I, anyone can be emoting to these things. I think there's a stigma that boys shouldn't be crying in movies. But we're breaking those boundaries and stereotypes today. Boy, and we're gonna talk about these different films. <laughs> well, you know, I guess I agree with you. It's just. Yeah, in general, sure, go ahead. You want to cry during a movie? What, what, I'm not going to stop you. Go ahead, cry, <laughs> you know? I I just, I have put up walls, <laughs> and I generally don't want to do it. It's like my brother says, and I'm going to shout out to my brother right now, the only reason an adult should be crying is in a documentary nowadays. You know? <laughs> Who cares about Precious, right? Shout out to Kev. Anyway, <laughs> um, but yeah, my walls have been broken down at least twice that I care to admit on this podcast. Yeah. It's crybaby time. It's confession time. <laughs> so I'll give up two, Kyle. How about okay. that? Okay. All uh, right. You know. uh, my list is, I don't want to say endless, but, <laughs> <laughs> but why don't you start us off? Because I am way too oh, curious man. to know a film that made James cry. Okay. Well, Take us on a journey, James. Yeah. If I'm going to do this... <laughs> I'm going to do it We're in going style. all in. Here we go. <laughs> the year, Kyle. 1990. Oh, yes. Okay? Picture, if you will, 12-year-old James. 12-year-old so James. So cute. Uh, yeah, I guess. Um, hey, I'm in Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually always had a deep voice. You would, if, if this was being recorded, this podcast miraculously being recorded in 1990, I pretty much <laughs> sound, sound I was, the same. I was born with bass in my voice. <laughs> Trust me. Anyway, never never had to... I don't remember going through a voice change. Oh, that's hilarious. Major tangent here, but anyway. <laughs> enough, right? We're here to talk about how I wasn't so tough as The year kid. is 1990. The year is 1990. James is 12 years old. I'm not sure Kyle was even born yet. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. That's so Generation funny. gap here. All right, let's get back into the topic. All right. right. The year is 1990. 12-year-old James is all into baseball and playing handball on the streets and stickball, mm-hmm. doing all these things he does with his friends. Absolutely. Definitely not into girls. Oh. Probably couldn't even identify one. <laughs> Cootie alert. <laughs> Probably couldn't even tell a girl from a boy if it weren't for the Catholic school uniform differences, right? Um, anyway, I get dragged to a movie with my entire family, and I have a huge family. We're oh, talking, excellent. We're talking mom, stepfather in this instance, all four of my brothers and sisters, and we get dragged to this movie called... Oh, here's the confession time, here's isn't the confession. it? Here's, here's the confession. Say here's it. Here's the fucking key moment. Give me the name of the movie. I get dragged to a movie called Ghost. <laughs> Kyle's laughing at me. I can't believe this. Anyway, yes, Ghost, Kyle. Ghost, Ghost. with the Patrick Swayze. With Patrick Swayze. Oh, may he, may he rest in peace. 
And yes, Demi Moore before she got punked by Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> yeah, before the punking of a lifetime by oh Ashton. Oh my goodness. This is way before Ashton Kutcher stepped oh, on the scene. Anyway. I am in this. I'm in I'm at Ghost, right? <laughs> and you know, I'm sitting there grumbling my way through the early scenes because I have no idea about like what the pottery symbolizes, <laughs> their hand gestures, like I you know, not a clue about erotica, right? Oh, haven't man. haven't discovered softcore, you get the idea, oh. Skinamax. Haven't <laughs> And I'm sitting there, and suddenly, Patrick Swayze gets shot. Oh. Right? Spoilers, by the way. <laughs> Oops. Oops. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Oops. All right. Suddenly, Another post-spoiler spoiler warning for you. All right. Our bad. We could edit that, but we're not. We're not. All right. And then, you know, Patrick Swayze's dead. Oh, my God. And Demi Moore's left all by herself. Oh. Kyle, you remember. Oh, I remember. And then the best friend comes in, and the best friend turns out to be a fucking snake you know oh. he's a snake bastard uh, and he's trying to make moves on Demi Moore uh, and Patrick Swayze is trying to figure out a way to stop the whole thing and I'm not going to recap the whole thing enough spoilers for today but eventually Patrick Swayze materializes in front of Demi Moore remember yes. in the form how of, could I forget in the form of light magic whatever right classic doesn't have to doesn't have to you know use uh, Whoopi Goldberg as an avatar <laughs> like by the end of the, by the end of the movie he's visible and they kiss if you want to call it, they kiss, you know, they kiss. Mm-hmm. Demi Moore and Patrick Swayze. And, oh boy, I'm sitting in my chair. And I, at some point in the movie, I got totally wrapped up, Kyle. Absolutely. And I was like, but God, what's happening to me? Like, get it together, you <laughs> sissy wimp. Like, what am I feeling? What, am I, <laughs> what is this going on inside of me? And sure enough, you know, they, they talk a little bit. And at some point... He says to her, like, I love you as he's getting sucked into heaven by the oh. vortex. And she says, ditto. The line that he had said to her so many times when he was still mm-hmm. alive because he was afraid of those three little words. And I started crying, Kyle. Oh, man. And I'm sitting there thinking, like I said before, oh. just get it together, man. Like, this thing is clearly ending. Like, this is the end. <laughs> the credits are going to come up. I can't have my brother. They'll beat me up. Like, I can't. Like, pull it together. So I'm here to tell you right now. That I got away with it. Nobody saw me cry. Oh, Nobody saw me. Lucked out. I lucked out in the moment. I, I managed to wipe away my tears, whatever, and, <laughs> and tuck myself away amongst the crowd and amongst the crowd and not get seen. You know what? My words can't do this justice. Kyle, I'm pretty sure we have the clip, don't we? Oh yeah, we do actually. All right, let's let's go to the clip, and I'm pretty sure our listeners will understand exactly what I mean. All right, here we go. I love you, Molly. I've always loved you. Ditto. It's amazing, Molly. The love inside, you take it with you. See ya. Yeah, I haven't seen that in a while. I forgot how how powerful that scene is. Truly moving. And now the listeners know, and Kyle as well, why why I cried. Oh, obviously, why you cried. Yeah. I understand. But here I am, how, how many years later now? Oh, geez, man. Do the math, 25 uh, years 25 later. 25 years. 25 years later, here I am admitting it, I cried during Ghost. Oh, Ghost. man. Kyle. I want your whole family to contact you after this. <laughs> 
to talk about this. That's an amazing story. And I think that that's a good example of, you know, there is a developmental point where it's some of these different emotions and things start to make sense to people. And when they're in films and things, you know, you can be touched by them. And one of the big factors in that movie, I'm picturing the scene that you were talking about, right. is lots of different things go into that scene. You know, they're pulling a lot of strings and trying to, I mean, not trying to get you to emote, but, you know, they're doing everything but the kitchen sink. The bad go guy it. got defeated. Right. The music starts a crescendo oh, swell, moment. yes. He appears for the first mm -hmm. time since the beginning of the movie. Like, the lighting. Yeah. It's powerful. Yeah. It's powerful. Um, okay. The so, crying. The right. characters are crying. Oh, well, yeah. I don't know if Patrick Swayze is crying, but... But Demi Moore is yeah, definitely crying. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. boy. Oh, right. that's great. Again, um, I got that off my chest. Kyle, you're up. You did. And, uh, yeah, no comment if I cried in that one. It's boy, not yeah. on my list. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I understand is well, all I'll it say. Should <laughs> it should be. It should be. On <laughs> it list. should be. Okay. So uh, a quick synopsis of a couple films that have that have hit home with me. Um, number one, I just got to go with it, is Titanic. And oh my God. I, I know. Just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's something about, you know, the spectacle of everything. And when I watched it, to be fair on this assessment, I was truly thinking about the actual event that was oh, going into yeah. the film. And, you know, post, uh, spoilers, post, <laughs> so I'll get it ahead of time. Oh, nice you know, I mean, the ship sinks. Well, big spoiler, right? <laughs> but, you know, they, they kind of meet again in an after, you know, life, whatever kind of scenario you want to picture it in. And I was thinking about just everything that goes into that scene and thinking about all the people that were out there when that happened. And that was a really powerful thing. And it went along with the big crescendos in the music like mm -hmm, you were talking mm -hmm. about with the whole the spectacle was unbelievable. The actors and actresses in that film are great. So, yeah, a lot of factors went into that, but that one definitely touched me. Okay, so let's talk for a minute here. Things from our childhood, right? We got nostalgia goggles, of course, but one of right. the things I've grown up with and I've mentioned on the podcast before is Toy Story. And, you know, going back to the first and the second one, I watched them and I have a lot of fun with them. The third one came out kind of as I was, you know, in college, you know, leaving home, going through all of that. And the third movie is all about Andy going off to college. Is for, it? Forgetting his, you know, get, leaving his toys behind and things. Oh. And, I mean, if you saw that movie and you didn't cry and you were in that same position as me where everything in your life was being like reflected up on the screen right there, then shame on you. You're an android. Because just let it out for once and feel something. That was so, so touching. And the way that that movie ends, he kind of passes along his like sacred memories and like these these things that meant so much to him um, to this this new kid in the movie. And it's it's really touching. It's a, it's a good movie. So that one definitely. Wow. Um, one thing, uh, more, more recent, uh, thing that definitely hit another emotional chord, kind of like Titanic, um, was 127 hours. Interesting with movie. Mr. Uh, Mr. James Franco. I'm kind of getting some serious ones out of the way good, here good, first yeah. before I reveal lots of, uh, goofy things about me. But, uh, <laughs> so 127 hours, I mean, when you get to the end of that movie and, uh, I mean, Everything has been horrible for this guy. Yeah. You, you all know the story. It's totally newsworthy and everything. But he gets out of it, right? And he is just... And the way that they shot it, Danny Boyle's a brilliant director. And the way that he's coming out of that um, that canyon, 
I mean, he's armless at this point, just sawed through his Spoiler arm alert. with a pocket knife. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing is so intense, but once he finally yells, he's trying to get, like, words in his mouth and yell them out so that somebody can help him. He can, like, see them in the distance. And as he was doing that, I was getting all emotional. And I was like, oh, my God, come on, say something, man. And I know how the story ends, right? But that's right. the mark of a great movie and putting great drama in that. It's even if you know how it all ends, if you can still create tension in those moments, make people feel something, you can definitely get something out of that. So I was just weeping, hoping he would get the words out of his mouth. Come on, man, just say it. They're right there. And he does, and he gets he gets saved and everything. So great story. Anyway. You know, I... <clears throat> I, I'm listening to your list, and you've gunned out three to my one at this point, which, all right, you know, it's yeah. you clearly have me beat in this category. Um, I'd say I had more in touch with my emotions than yeah, maybe the, uh, perhaps, the Coney yeah. Island robot. <laughs> um, you know, I've seen Titanic, and, yeah, you know, I, I'm not going to disagree with you. I think Powerful I created movie. a compelling argument. I've never seen Toy Story 3, so okay. I, can't, I can't opine. See it, it's great. I have seen 127 Hours, Dollar Bootleg from Ecuador. I watched it. <laughs> And after I was done watching it, I was watching with my friend, and I turned to her and she goes, what do you think? And I said, you know, it was good, but I'd rather just watch the footage. And she oh. goes, you're sick. <laughs> I don't know. Give me a break. This guy's selling his, he's selling his story all over the place. He's a motivational speaker. He's written books. He's been on, what was it, either ABC or NBC News, uh -huh. right? And he did this whole like hour-long special dedicated to his ordeal. Right. And I said, you know, if you're going to dramatize your story and, and get James Franco to portray you, like, at this point... It's it's not sacred. Your story is not sacred ground anymore. I, I, I would love to see the actual footage. Oh, that's interesting. You ever think about that? Like yeah. he recorded his own oh, man. obit and stuff like that. You know, like oh, I don't know if crazy. I can handle it. I think that'd be very powerful. I might cry oh, for it, that. It totally would be. And I'm not even prepared to talk about the ethics of well, if we go <laughs> into that. But it's definitely an interesting point. So so I'm right. sure that there's something else in the history oh, of yeah. James that has made you cry. So give us another one, please. Treat me to Here something. Do you have another one? Well, apparently, in in my preparations for this podcast, looking back, the early '90s were rough for for young <laughs> little James, because now we're we're jumping in our time machine again. We're going to the year 1991. Oh yes, all right, 1991, and the movie was Boys in the Hood. Interesting, right? Yes. Uh, this was sort of the movie that kicked off a, a whole bunch of copycats of yeah. the you know like. You know, inner city black and how difficult it is and, and gangs and violence and gun violence and all that stuff. It spawned a whole bunch of imitators, Boys in the Hood did. And, you know, it's starring Ice Cube, uh, a young Ice Cube and a young Cuba Gooding Jr. before he clowned himself out to be a, you know, snow dogs and snow dogs <laughs> and stuff like that. Oh, and poor so this Cuba. Movie, <laughs> You're great. Yeah. He, I'm sorry, on behalf of James. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you know, pre-snow pre dog days of Cuba Gooding Jr. And a powerful role. And I'm watching... Boys in the Hood are, you know, VHS copy in, in me and my brothers, me and my two brothers in our tiny room, which is about the size of a closet that we grew up in. And we had the bunk bed, you know? Oh, yeah. And I'm on the top bunk, <clears throat> and one of my brothers is directly below me, and my third brother, my second brother, excuse me, is on a pullout bed. And so we're, we're stacked, if you will, right? <laughs> Watching this movie. Like sardines. And, uh, <laughs> and the movie is, is heavy-duty stuff, Boys yeah. in the Hood, right? And uh, the moment that uh, the the brother Ricky. The, the moment uh, that the spoilers happened, I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> the moment that Ricky, the athletic football playing brother who is mm -hmm. also a father mm -hmm. and is trying his hardest to get into college, he's already taken the SATs, he's on an innocent enough walk to the store with his friend to go get some groceries, whatever it is, 
he gets gunned down in cold mm, blood yeah. by a, a, a gang that's rival to Ice Cube, who's his brother. Holy cow. They drag his body back to the house. The mother is screaming. The girlfriend, who's the mother of the baby, is crying. It's a completely chaotic scene, and I lost it. And I tell you what, it's a good thing that I was on the top bunk because I was crying. <laughs> and I'm willing to bet that, they, my, you know, I, I want to hear from you two guys. I'm willing to bet my brothers were crying too because one of my brothers is on the bottom bunk and the other one's on the pullout. So we didn't have visual, we didn't have a line of sight of either <laughs> one of us. So it was completely safe. Like we could have cried and got away with it. But wow, I'm pretty serious about that movie. That one is it was crazy to me. All right, so James just admitted he cried during the movie. So we want to hear from you guys, James's brothers out there. Did you cry? We want to know. Come Get on, in touch with this guy. Fess Let up. us know. Fess up. It's crybaby time. It's, it's confessions, <laughs> right? Break, we broke out the Kleenex a long time ago. We're doing it. Time to be honest. Okay, so if it were being honest, I'm going to hit up a couple of things here that maybe you can agree with, maybe you can disagree with. We'll start with, uh, I guess, one of the silly ones, I should just say. The last Harry Potter movie. Uh, all these are a lot of sentimental things, you know? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but the last Harry Potter movie... Finishing up the series, I grew up with that. You know, it's it's pretty with reading the books. So mm -hmm. having that all come to an end was was pretty special. And I'm gonna tie this all together, and I want to see if you can uh, or if you agree with uh, one of the one of the things that I think provokes these tears. And I want to hear from from you about this okay. too. Once I get done with my list, a couple other films that I saw. Um, oh my goodness! When Return of the King, Lord of the Rings: Return of the King. Was ending. Did you see that? that? Yeah. You even had the longest, shittiest <laughs> seven part ending of I loved I've ever every seen. seven parts of that ending. Oh my God. I, I, was, on and on. I was sitting in the theater and I was crying because it was ending. I wanted it to go on forever. I wanted more endings. <laughs> oh I wanted more content. Now at this point in time, well, you I, got the Hobbit. Are you are you satisfied? <laughs> no, I'm not satisfied, unfortunately. Okay. But uh. I just wanted to keep going. I hadn't read the books at this time, so I was a I was kind of sucked into that world, so that was really special. But that'll tie into what I was talking about in a okay, minute as okay, well. Okay. I mentioned one of the movies I've seen a lot is Les Mis when that came out, <laughs> and uh, I'll tie that one in in a minute. But, oh, my God, at the end of that movie, did I cry like a baby every single time. Every time. Every time. Every time I saw it, I cried. All right. I, now we... here's, here's a twist. Here's okay. a twist on this. Back on the nostalgia goggles, whenever I watch an original Star Wars film, one of the original ones, I just think about myself, think about the movies when I was watching them as a kid, how important they were when I was growing up, how they influenced so much in my life, and I always get misty-eyed, you know, watching wow. them. Maybe not crying, but, you know, I get emotional when I watch that. <laughs> but I was in the theater seeing a lot of the movies that we were talking about right now and that we've we've talked about on the show. Mm -hmm. And when I first saw the new trailer for the oh Star Wars God. movie coming out, I lost my mind. Just You sobbed. cried for a trailer? I cried for the trailer of the film. Oh, my God. It's oh, like my goodness. Nothing I, but like nanoseconds worth of cutscenes. The, the first... <clears throat> blip of that when the big star star destroyers in the sand and you get that first image i was like nope it's happening <laughs> it's happening and at the end when han and chewie showed up and said we're home i just instant waterworks just totally lost but wait you see these a couple of questions yes i have to ask you yes. because you mentioned that you cried during the star wars right. the original movies right i mean let, let's go to like let's say return of the jedi do you cry when one of the ewoks bites it 
Uh, you remember that one Ewok oh, that they kind of... yeah, no, that's sad, man. And Ewok is lying face down, oh, and the other sad. Ewok comes over and nudges it, and then ooh, <sighs> cries over its dead body. I think it? that I'm usually it's too... Sad. It's sad. It is sad. I'm usually too pumped on adrenaline at that point to, <laughs> to cry, because I'm just in, in the zone for it. But let me tie something all together okay, here, because okay, okay. I'm going yeah. to make a point with this, because I right. sound maybe like I'm a little bit you know emotional about all this stuff. A couple other movies that I've seen. Gladiator, if you've ever watched it. You know, that's that, a fantastic That, ending, that film. ending is powerful. Very ending. powerful. Yeah. Empire of the Sun, for anybody that's seen that. That's a uh, fantastic movie. Um, cried during that. It's a great film. Um, but what all of these have in common for me, and I've analyzed them since I made my list and prepared for this, All what they all have in common is a fantastic score to the film. All of these. Even 127 hours? Even 127 hours. Mm. A fantastic score to the film. And that is paramount to me because I am a sucker for live music. If I hear Tchaikovsky, I go to Waterworks. There's something about, <laughs> there's something about live music to me that really hits home. And I'm not necessarily live music, but really good music in general. And all of these films have a fantastic soundtrack and they're always swelling at these really emotional parts because these guys know what they're doing when they're writing the scores. It's emotional, and they know how to pull that out in their music as well. And that affects me being a music lover, especially a classical music lover, so much. In all of those different moments, in all of those different scenes, there's an, a heartbreaking soundtrack playing behind all of those. And that prompts me. That, that makes me pretty much light up. And the new trailer to the Star Wars movie... A quick story to talk about this. When I was in college, I went to go see Star Wars Live, which was the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra oh. touring and playing uh, the greatest hits from all the Star Wars movies, including the prequels, which there were some great songs. There were. They had, they they had were good some music. great songs. Oh, my God. The, uh, the operatic final battle in, um, episode, in one. episode one. But Unbelievable uh, song. They hit the first note. I was in the front row. This was a present to me from my mom. So it was my mom, my dad, my sister, and me. We were all seeing it. We were in the front row. Anthony Daniels, C-3PO, walks out on stage wearing a gold tuxedo. He's C-3PO. Boy, oh boy. He walks out on stage. I'm trying to keep it in. I'm like, <laughs> I'm losing my mind at this point. I'm just looking at this. And I'm like, oh, man, I don't even know what's going to happen in the next second. I was so excited. And they opened up with the... The Star Wars fanfare, you know, how it all starts, bum, ba bum, and they go through it with the opening crawl. They hit the first chord, and I was blubbering. I just <laughs> melted onto the floor, and, it, you know, and it was so affecting to me, and that, I think, is the key to at least my experiences. You know, all of these have emotional ties, and I think when it happens for me is when all these elements go together. Great music, really emotional things are happening. And it has some type of nostalgia or connection to myself in some way. I've made like a personal connection to it. And I think that's what brings it on for me and probably for a lot of other people as well. Wow. Do you, do you feel like that's something maybe in your... I mean, you mentioned it, the swelling crescendo in, yeah, I mean, in Ghost. If you think about unlocked it... Unlocked a little secret here. If you... I'm willing to bet if you took clips from those movies, whether it's Ghost, oh God, <laughs> or... Uh, Boys in the Hood or, let's say, the Star Wars movies or mm -hmm. what have you, and you remove the music, it would probably, the scene would probably play out as this 
sort of weird. Yeah. It would lose life. It's kind of like if, right. if you've ever watched YouTube and, and intentionally put like uh, a comedy show like, uh, mm-hmm. um, what's that stupid Big Bang fucking theory, right? <laughs> here's, here's a challenge for all my listeners out there, a little bit of tangent. Type in Big Bang Theory without laugh track, without the laugh track, you know? These sitcoms suddenly become completely unfunny, mm-hmm. you know, because you just listen to dialogue just stale out. I'm willing to bet if you remove the music from a lot of these movies, oh, like yeah. you just said, the or scenes aren't as powerful. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you've got, I think in like half the movies I just said, John Williams scored like yeah. a lot of them, and you know, Absolutely. good music makes for that. Boy, I hope that laugh track isn't part of uh, why we think these are so funny. <laughs> we're making, we're laughing here, mm. so we hope you're laughing at home. Self-generated laugh track. But I think that's all the time we've got today. So thank you all for listening. We learned a lot about James here today. Listen, a little softer side. Tell you, let me tell you, people, something. <laughs> We're vulnerable right now. Vulnerable. We're in a vulnerable state. Ugh. You better appreciate it because it's going to be a while before we <laughs> you know, before we do something like this again. Before James I, breaks out again. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to go to the gym or something now. It's time to, time to throw on a Rocky soundtrack, which doesn't... <laughs> well, no, even that is capable of making... Oh, ooh, yeah. rock, Forget it. I don't even get into forget it. Forget it. You're not going to do anything. You're no. just going to go sit in a dark room by yourself for a while. <laughs> Think about what go, you've done. I'm going to go punch something. I might go, I'm going to go punch myself. <laughs> For even admitting this stuff. Anyway. Oh, that's all right, great. Kyle, wrap us up. Well, wrap we learned a lot. Up. We learned a lot, and uh, it was a lot of fun for us. We hope you guys enjoyed it as well. Stay tuned. Uh, subscribe to these. Check them out. We got a lot coming your way. So stay tuned. Thank you guys for listening so much. Go see some great films. Cry for yourself. Let it go, and have a great time. See you later. It's amazing, Molly. The love inside. You take it with you. See ya. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking see That's ya. So ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> see ya. <laughs> and cut.